made up my mind. Amen? Amen. Go God's way. <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the empty cup. Actually, my dad and I were talking, and I did not tell him. I was taking him to an ear appointment this morning in Columbus, and <clears throat> I um, was... Um, we were talking on the way in and just visiting about a lot of different things. And he made this statement, and I, I didn't tell him I had been studying on it uh, just a little bit. But he made the statement about the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah and the wickedness of the, uh, where America seems to be headed with just a constant sense of <coughs> wickedness, if you will. And he made this statement, he said, I don't know how much longer, you know, before the Lord would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah for destroying them and judging them and not judging all of us. And, and he talked about, um, we were sitting there and he was talking about the numbers of abortions every year and the number, and just... Uh, violence and the violence that has gone on some shooting he was telling me he was watching a news program about I don't remember just random drive-by just shooting bullets and you know that violent sense of just no you know it's I guess one thing if you're mad at me and then you take a gun and shoot me but just to go around and shoot people and of course we've seen that numerous times with uh, things and explosions and violence and we unfortunately it's almost become uh, we've become almost immune to it and he said I don't know how long before like he said that Sodom and Gomorrah and then he said you know there is a cup of iniquity and I had been thinking about that so I I am uh, <clears throat> gonna talk about the empty cup if you will and uh, <clears throat> Psalms, the 75th chapter. Maybe you'll stay with me. We'll be able to kind of get there together. Uh, verse that's kind of familiar. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west nor the south. But where does it come from? The Lord. The north, if you will. Uh, the north that way up. Notice it said east and west and south, but not north in that list. But it says promotion comes from, go ahead, the next uh, phrase, the promotion uh, is from the Lord. The God is a judge. He puts up one and, and puts up one, sets down another. And for the hand of the Lord, there is a cup. Notice that. He talks about for in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup. And the wine is red, and it is full of mixture. He says that right after he talks about promotion. And I know, you know, everybody's excited about the uh, Kamala Harris and uh, Biden and all that's been on the news. And whether you like Trump, don't like Trump, whether you like Biden, don't like Biden, you know, it makes the news. And yet you say, well, who's going to be president or who's going to be elected? Well... If you wait till November the 5th, I'll tell you exactly what the Lord is going to allow. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Because, you know, when a person says, oh, well, God wants them to be present. You may, it may be that he does to get his will done. 
on some level. That doesn't mean we shouldn't vote. You shouldn't vote your conscience. You should. You shouldn't go and say, well, I'm strong, independent, or whatever. Whatever you want to party you want to say. Republican, Democrat, whatever. I'm not telling you not to vote. I'm not telling you not to uh, express your patriotic duty to vote. But what I'm telling you is you cannot look at that as, well, this is the man or the man and woman or whatever that God wants and it, because I'm praying or whatever, you know, and, and I know that there will be bad and this one will be good. Well, let me tell you, the uh, so salvation for America is not going to come from the East Amen. or the West or the South. Right. Amen. What we have to do is turn to God. If my people which are called by my name. So when somebody tells you, well, Trump's going to save us, Biden's going to save us, I'm going to tell you, the only one that's going to save you is Jesus. And Jesus, if you better get Jesus on your side, because nobody else is going to save you. I understand you can be a rabid Democrat. Uh, yellow dogs, what they call them, uh, or whatever. Uh, my grandpa, my mother's father, was uh, proud to be called a yellow dog Democrat. He, uh, uh, and what that meant was, it didn't matter who was running on a Democratic ticket, even if it was a yellow dog, they'd vote for him because that was, <laughs> they didn't care. That was a yellow dog Democrat. Well, I, anyway, whatever. I'm, I, you can be proud to be a Republican, you, but salvation for this nation yes amen anyway alright so that's, uh, that's for the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red it is full of mixture and he pours out the same but the dregs thereof all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them wow so that's the cup of judgment you go on we read about that same cup of judgment in Habakkuk 2.16 where it says, Thou art filled with shame for glory. Drink thou also. And he goes on the last part of that verse. The cup of the Lord. <clears throat> the cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee. And shameful spewing shall be on thy glory. The cup of the Lord's right hand. So the Lord has a cup and at some point it fills up. Jeremiah 25, 20, 15 says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel unto me, Take the wine, take the wine cup of this fury of my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send it to drink it. So when you think of God's wrath, he talks about it being in a cup. Isaiah 51, verse 17 Awake, awake, stand, O Jerusalem, which has drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. For thou hast drunken the dregs of this cup of trembling and wringing them out and wrung them out. The 22nd verse, same chapter in Isaiah 51. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith thy Lord the Lord and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, even the cup, even the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou hast no more, thou shalt no more drink it again. So 
when we read Revelation, and we've been studying the book of Revelation, and I know some people have different views of when the rapture will take place. Some say chapter 7, some say chapter 11, some say chapter 4. I personally believe that the rapture takes place in chapter 4. But I, with whatever you want to believe, and the reason, one of the reasons that I believe it takes place in chapter 4 is what I'm going to teach tonight. Because in chapter 6, verse 16 and 17, Revelation says, and said to the mountains and rocks, these are the people, fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne. And from the, what does he say? Wrath of the Lamb. And so what the Lord was, is doing in chapter 6 is pouring out his wrath. Goes on the next verse there. For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? So if... The rapture doesn't play, take place until chapter 7 or chapter 11. Well, then we're going to feel the wrath of God. Right. And it's hard for me to understand that because of what I'm going to teach you tonight. I don't believe that we're going to feel the wrath of God. Now you say, oh, pastor, it's COVID. You got a mask. I got a mask. Everybody's got a mask. Honey, I understand that, but you ain't seen nothing yet. Right. 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 I mean, I... Do I like this? No. Has the economy faltered? Yes. Is it serious? Yes. Do I thank the Lord every night? I say, Lord, keep all of your people in our church. All I pray. I thank God. You know, some of you, you pray for what you, the Lord has done. I also thank the Lord for what he has done that I'm not sick with COVID. Amen. Maybe you don't do that, but I do. I I thank God. My wife and I pray together. I'm saying, Lord, bless, touch. And I'm going through lists of people and I'm asking God to move. And you say, well, why are you doing all that? Because this is not the wrath of God, folks. Egypt had ten plagues. We haven't, we've had one. You understand? I mean, here we are. All right. 14th chapter. Ninth and 10th verse. And the third angel followed them, saying in a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the what? Wrath of God, which he poured out, shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of his angels and the presence of the Lamb. Not a pretty sight. 16th chapter, the 19th verse. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. 19th chapter and the 15th verse. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth upon the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. Four different references in Revelation talking about the wrath of God. Now I know, everybody knows what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. But what does 3.36 say? He that believeth on the Son 
hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And so if you don't, you know, we talked about trust and how that's a different dimension than just believe. But if you don't at least believe on the Lord, let me tell you, you can't get rid of the wrath of God. And so if a person says, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand why my whole life. Because if you're not developing faith in God, the wrath of God abides on you. And you say, well, wait a minute, pastor. I didn't murder anybody. I didn't do a drive-by shooting. I didn't kill anybody. Are you saying that I've done something wrong? Well, Matthew, the fifth chapter, the 22nd verse says, I say unto you, whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of what? Judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, which means a fool, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of what? Now, I know none of us have ever said, you stupid idiot, you dumb driver. I don't understand. Where'd you learn to drive? I bet you got your license in Arkansas. <laughs> none of us have ever been guilty of the wrath of, I mean, of saying something like that. I know. And, and I could just stretch out and preach right here but let's just go to the real familiar one that we all know in Matthew the 22nd chapter where it says uh, when they were asked the question which is the greatest commandment of all what did he say thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what all thy heart Now wait, wait, that's the first and great commandment. Go back to that. Love him with all your heart. That's all your emotions, all your soul, and all your mind. That's how much you should love him. Just like David who said, I long to be in your presence, to fellowship with you, to see the beauty in the sanctuary. I long to read your word. I get excited that I can... most exciting part of my day is picking up the Bible. I'm not worried about what Amazon brings me as much as I'm worried about what is, did I get a chance to read the Bible tonight? Everything that I do. I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm working, I'm buying, I'm selling, I'm driving all for the glory of God. That's what he's, Paul said in Corinthians. Whatsoever you do. Huh? And do I, do I really love him with all my heart? I do. Then I'm never discouraged. I'm never frustrated. If I truly love him. Huh? Because I know all things work to him. Huh? I don't get frustrated. I don't get short. Because I'm confident that God is working all things. Huh? Oh, pastor. 
I realize that everything that happens in my life, whether it's good or bad, is to the glory of God, and God is in it working for my good. Nothing frustrates me, really. God bless your heart. He's sovereign in my life. I'm never afraid. I'm never lonely because I know that he said he would never, right? Now, wait a minute, Pastor. I'm always content. Isn't that what the Bible says? I, I'm content. I, I, I hallow his name. Okay, well, maybe loving him with all your heart, your mind, your soul is not that. Let's go to the next commandment because surely we can keep the second one. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as what? Thyself. Oh. So I cherish my neighbors as much as I cherish me. I'm never selfish or irritable or peevish or indifferent to my neighbors or to even the people that I live with. I am genuinely taking an interest in all of them and what they're doing and their welfare, right? That's loving my neighbor as myself. Oh Lord, help us. According to 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter, I, I don't have prideful superiority. I never talk about their failings or shortcomings. I never resent any wrongs. I am always ready to forgive. I'm always ready to treat them as I would be treated. I'm always patient, kind, never boastful, never envious, never proud, never rude, never self-seeking. I even, when I get angry, I keep no record of the wrongs done against me. Everybody say, Lord, help me. <laughs> if he said, I just call someone a fool, I'm in danger of hellfire. I wonder how much hellfire I've been in danger of this week thus far. Luke, the 12th chapter and the 5th verse. For I will forewarn you that when you shall, whom you shall fear, fear him who after he's killed you has the power to cast into hell. And I say unto you, fear him. So in other words, this is serious business. Romans the first chapter, the 18th verse. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Ephesians 2 and 5 even when we were dead in sins, he hath you quickened together with the Lord that by grace are you saved, by the grace and mercy of God. Paul wrote to the church at Colossae and, and he basically goes through several verses where he says, when Christ shall appear, you shall appear with him in glory, <clears throat> mortify, kill, therefore in your members, You've got to stop fornicating, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. If you want to know what those words mean, either read them in the message or, or get your strongs out and look them up in the Greek. Those are some pretty heavy duty things. And Paul said, kill those things because those will generate the wrath of God in your life. Now you may say, well... I'm so, so thankful for by grace are you saved and the mercy of God. But you can't come back here on Sunday and say, Oh God, I want your mercy. And then involve myself in things that bring his wrath on Monday and Tuesday. 
I, my job, you say, well, what do you mean? Once I've said, uh, forgive me, I'm done, I don't have to worry. No, he said, Paul said, mortify, kill those things. He said, for which things sake the wrath of God comes to the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now ye also put off these things, anger, malice, wrath, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth on Facebook, wherever else you get it. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all. Notice that last phrase, Christ is all and in all. Why is that important? That's an important phrase. Christ is all and in all. Everybody say, He's in us. Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. They've made me so mad. If any man have a quarrel against certain people, now what, did he, what word did he say? If any man have a quarrel against anybody, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you were called in one body and be ye thankful. I'm thankful, Lord, for the COVID trial. I'm thankful, Lord, that they want me to wear a mask. I'm thankful, Lord, that when I took my dad to the thing, they had to take my temperature. I stood in front of this screen and it scanned my temperature. I'm thankful, Lord, I had to keep a mask on, breathe my own hot air. Hard for me to do that sometimes. I'm thankful, Lord, I got out at Walmart and got halfway to the door and realized I don't have my mask on. Had to walk all the way back. Mm. Go ahead. Let's, let's, I'm sorry. We're talking about a cup. Let the word of God of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. When I talk to people, I have a praise in my heart and it sounds like a melody and I'm never frustrated and I'm hallelujah. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, giving what? Thanks to the Lord God and the Father by Him. What are you saying? I'm saying I've fallen short, okay? Maybe you haven't. It's Wednesday night crowd. Sorry. But there have been a few times when your pastor has not lived Colossians, the third chapter. So therefore, I'm guilty. And if Jesus said, by just calling someone a fool, you're guilty of hellfire, that puts all of us in that place. Except Isaiah and numerous other places prophesied. The 53rd chapter starting at verse 4. Surely he hath borne our grief and carried our sorrows. 
yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Matthew the 13th chapter says in the last few verses, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this his mother called Mary and his brethren? And notice that James, Joseph, or Joseph, Simeon, and Judas. That's how many brothers? Half brothers, four. And his sisters. And the way that's written in the Greek, it would have said both sisters if it would have been two. So we guess that it's at least three. Could be two. There's another Greek word for just two sisters. So probably this means three. But let's just say we know from the English sisters would mean at least two. So seven kids in the family, Jesus being the oldest. Do you ever think he got mad as a kid? Or he had to put up with his brothers and sisters that he ever wanted to pick on them? We know that they thought he was crazy, but the Bible says that he was perfect in all things. So now, did that mean as a child or just after he turned 30? Wow. So he was something special, I guess, as a child. It's when he was 12, he said, I must be about my father's business, you know. Matthew, the fourth chapter, we don't have to read it because that's the temptation of Jesus. And so he was tempted. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and the fifth verse says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. So, what I'm when I wrote that verse down here is I wanted you to understand that not only does God judge all of my actions when I say fool and all of that, but he judges my heart. You remember the, the little story about the parent that's telling the child to sit down and the kid says, okay, I'm sitting down, but in my heart I'm... Well, I, I didn't say anything, but... I didn't say it, but man, I'm telling you. If I, oh, it's a good thing the Lord didn't blow the trumpet then because my, huh? Amen. My emotions, my thoughts. John the 8th chapter, the 29th verse. He that sent me is with me and the Father hath not left me alone for I do always the thing that please him. I can't say that. But Jesus said it. I always do what pleases God. Wow. Now maybe you can say, I always please the Lord. The Lord's always going to be pleased with my thoughts, my emotions. All right. What did he say in the next part of that 46th verse? 
Which of you convinceth me of sin? In other words, the, they were talking about the Lord and he said, Who of you? Anybody, anybody know of anything that I've done wrong? Who can convince me of sin? In other words, who can charge me with sin? And if I say the truth, why don't you believe me? In other words, he was saying, you know, we believe a lot of people that we know have done a lot of bad things. I mean, most of us would say, well, I, I know he's the lesser of two evils. She's the, I would rather have them. I know that I don't like this, but at least I like, huh? And yet Jesus could look at him and say, guess what? Tell me one thing that I've done that's wrong. Tell me one thing. Convince me that I've sinned. Woo, boy. And he was basically saying, go ahead. Try it. They had nothing to say. And yet, why was it as he talked about my hour, my hour, my hour, and when he went to the garden to pray, Jesus prayed this, Matthew the 26th chapter, the 39th verse. The Bible said he sweat as it were drops of blood like he was being beaten and smitten. He was taking the entire wrath of God. And he said, let this cup, the cup of the wrath of God, pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Later in the garden, John the 18th chapter, in the 11th verse, Jesus said unto Peter, when Simon took his sword out and cut off the ear of the servant, he said, put up your sword. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? When you think of the fact that all of the wrath, all of the things that I've done, I'm not talking about the murders that the Lord would say I'll drink all of that for me that's why he's called the propitiation to appease first John the fourth chapter the ninth and tenth verses and we know this in this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the thing that stands in my place to appease. I'm guilty and deserve the wrath of God. But every day I can carry an empty cup. Say, Lord, here's my cup, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. Not with the wrath, but with the love of God. With the presence of Almighty God. Oh, oh I, I, I don't know. Maybe we ought to take communion this Sunday. I don't know. We, we missed it at Easter. Some of you came by. But you know, when I think of when you, whatsoever, when you drink this, you're drinking the blood. You know, this is, uh, this drink this is my blood. What are you saying? What a privilege it is for us to be able to come into the presence of the Lord and not have to have the cup of wrath because Jesus drank it on Calvary and he said now I'll fill your cup 
with my spirit. It'll be Christ in you. Christ in you. So that it's not mine. Oh, you're guilty, Pastor. I know. I am. First Peter, the second chapter, says it like this. And there's lots of verses I could have put here, but who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. His own self bear our sins. Third chapter, the 18th verse. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. That's why whenever I stand and I say, you know what? Don't let a service go by without asking the Lord to fill you with His Spirit. Don't go let a service go by that you don't say, Lord, you know what? I got enough stuff in my cup from the wrath of God. I, I just want one more time you to wash it all out, Lord. Wash it all out with your Spirit. I, I want to raise my hands. I want to worship you. Why? I just want the flow of the Spirit oh well I don't need that let me tell you I need it every day I, I, I'm telling you I gotta have another touch another washing because I'm filling up on the wrath of God all the stuff that I shouldn't feel fear and anger and frustration you say well I don't feel any of that well I don't know where you're living where I'm living the world is full of it that's why I want to empty my cup again Say, Lord, fill it back up with your love. Fill it back up with your presence every night. Oh, let fill my cup, Lord, one more time before I go to bed, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. I get up in the morning, fill my cup, Lord. Oh, I got to feel myself getting full of the frustration and the anger. And I say, Lord, you took this at Calvary. Let me pour it out again. I need you to fill me up one more time. <laughs> Romans the fifth chapter the eighth and ninth verses say but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him as long as he is in us and we're in him we are saved from the wrath of God First Thessalonians 5 and 9 let's stand I know my time is up but God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ what a privilege what a privilege we don't have to drink the wrath of God in this hour but we're able to say Lord here's my cup fill it up you say well I, 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 I'm so full so full of anger so full of fear so full of bitterness I'm so full of anxiety I'm so full I'm gonna tell you who drank all of that one night when he sat in the garden of Gethsemane and he said father I don't want to drink this but I will so that somebody in 2020 will be able to bring me their wrath 
and their anger and their frustration and I'll drink it again. Oh, what a privilege we have to feel what we feel here. Let's just take a moment right now. Let him fill our cups. Oh, empty it out. Empty your cup. Empty it one more time. Say, fill me up, Lord.